Torah isn't education, it's transformation. This is Chai Chinuch with Rabbi G. 101.9 Chai FM, Chai Chinuch with Rabbi G. We are back as we do every Monday between 2 to 3. And I think it would be fair to say that this is the first Monday that we are proper in holiday. We are on a break. It's been a buildup of holiday last week as well, but we're, we're here. We're here. We're home with our kids. We're home. Um, well, may, maybe not. Maybe we're at, at work. Uh, but with some of us are still working. However, holiday in schools has started, and we are kind of in a different mode for those of us who are still here in Joburg, those of us who are traveling and anywhere you're listening from. But we are here, as we do, here every week discussing how to improve ourselves, how to improve the world, how to be better people. What can we do to influence our families, our community, our friends, our country, the world, and basically be better people in a better place to live in? Today, I'm going to be interviewing and hosting somebody who also has their own podcast show, which is an interesting thing because I'm sure she is used to sitting on the other side of the mic asking the questions, but today she's going to be answering some questions. Um, And I'm talking to Carla Tanzer, who has her own podcast show called um, Freedom to be Curious, right? Free to be Curious. And... We will be discussing a bit about homeschooling, what we can do at home, what are the um, privilege, what are the benefits of uh, cu- um, allowing kids be curious and growing on their own, self-directed schooling, self-directed learning, etc. And how can we learn from that? And what can we do in holidays? Kids that are are in mainstream school, but now are home with their parents. What are the benefits? What are we looking at? What can we do? So. Although Carla usually asks the questions, today we're asking her. And if you want to ask Carla any questions, please send it in through an SMS. 34519 is the SMS line. 061-895-1019 is Telegram. Again, Telegram 061-895-1019 is on the Telegram or 34519. What is your take? Homeschooling, what would you want to ask? What would you want to learn? Thoughts, comments, anything you'd like to suggest, please share with us. We are going for our first very short ad break, and when we come back, we're going to start the interview. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. 101.9 Hi FM, Hi We are here, as we do every Monday, discussing a very interesting topic today about homeschooling, self-directed learning. What can we, what do we know about it? Do we know about it? Do we have an opinion without knowing about it? Do we know about it and don't have an opinion? just to figure out more about the self-learning opportunities. And I'm here with Carla Tanzer, who is the founder of Free to Be Curious podcast. And we're going to be discussing part of her life journey and her involvement in that. Any comments, any questions, anything you'd like to share, 34519 is the SMS line or Telegram, 061-895-1019. Good afternoon, Carla. Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks, Rabaji. It's an, really a pleasure to be here, and I loved your curious and open-ended introduction about these topics, and I'm excited to talk to you about them. Okay. Do you even have holidays when you are homeschooling? So, I'll say qu- the quick answer is yes, of course. Downtime, recovery time, change of pace time are all fundamental ways of being a human, 
And when we're doing self-directed education, we value our human ways and learning ability very highly. Okay, great. Let's take a step back and hear first about you. Okay. You're Carla Tanzer. What is, tell us about your journey into this world and what you do. Right. Okay, so thanks for that. I qualified as a chartered accountant in 2011, and I always had a passion, a yearning to do more creative work. And I think um, a creative accountant is somewhat frowned upon. So I had to find <laughs> other creative avenues. And I stayed in the, in, the, in the industry for 10 years and I lectured and I worked in operations. I worked in auditing and tax and, and the usual stuff that um, a CA would do. And when my son was born, um, it was such a shift for my husband and I because we discovered even in the process of birth how self-directed ways in a person, a human, start from birth. So that shifted my focus completely and I started learning about these things. And because I was a, a, a full-time mom, I didn't practice so much as an accountant anymore, but I had many passions on the side and businesses that I was running or working with, still doing a little bit of work. And when my daughter was born, I decided she has inspired me. My children have inspired me by the way that they are so self-directed that I cannot now not follow a self-directed path and pursue my dreams and passions. So I founded the podcast, which is one of my creative outlets now. Okay, so what is self-directed learning? Right. So to clarify, I want to just clarify what I what I am and not and what self-directed education is and is not. So I'm a passionate mom. I'm, I'm, I'm taking my children with me on this self-directed learning journey. I'm following their lead. I'm in no way an expert on the subject. I will share my experience, but there are many experts. Jana Clements and Peter Gray are two examples. If people want to find the experts. I'm going to share what I, what I, my experience of self-directed education today, is. Today we're here to hear from a mom okay. who's done it and has been through it and at the same time has done a lot of research, including, as I said, you've hosted some of these people as well and you have your own podcast. Right. So from your experience as a mom, what have you discovered? Okay. So self-directed education is supporting a person, whether they are a baby, a child, a teenager, an adult, their natural drive for learning autonomy. And we are hardwired with that drive in our brains. So it's understanding how the brain works and then supporting that learning, flowing with the natural learning that happens by instinct without interrupting it. Okay. So for instance? For instance, a baby. A baby is born. They learn to suck on a bottle or feed in another way. They learn how to eat, they learn how to sit, they learn how to crawl, they learn how to roll, then they learn how to walk, then they learn how to talk. And it is with very little instruction that a child learns these things. I'm talking about kids who don't have issues. I'm not talking about kids who need intense therapy and speech and stuff like that. Other children learn by observation, by doing. Their autonomy drive, which is something that um, I picked up from my podcast with Yana Clements, is what's driving them to learn. So that is what we are following in self-directed education. And the autonomy drive, kids want to know what's going around them. So it covers things like, after they're walking and talking, things like learning maths, learning to read, learning to be part of the world they are in. And that world is so rich. Isn't that something that needs to be taught? The research and the evidence of kids who follow a self-directed learning approach, and there's a lot of it, actually says no, they don't need to be taught to be born. They don't need to be taught to crawl and walk, and they don't need to be taught how to eat. They don't need to be taught how to talk. 
So why would we think that there's suddenly a difference at six that now they need to be taught how to read? So let me take the other extreme, okay? You're an accountant. Could you have done that without going to school? I wanted to study and I was equipped to do that. So it depends on your, your drive. Now, self-directed education's kids are not not getting an education. They are very, very well educated. And their skills are superb because they've learned them on their own terms in their own time. So it's uncommon to find a self-directed child who doesn't have the skills in order to go study a degree. They have maths and they have language. Okay, so, so, so let's just understand a bit more how it works. Because when it comes to math, I, I get the concept that you say there's no reason a child wouldn't want to learn math, um, although many parents would debate, but you'll say that's part of the school system where it could be difficult. But when a child wants to learn math, they still need somebody teaching them. I totally agree with you. So self-directed education is not neglect, it's support. So when your child comes to you as a self-directed educating family, mom, what's one plus one? I'll say, let's try work that out. Let's see. Let's get some stuff. Let's put them together. Let's see what it is. And we go like that. Now, my son was particularly um, very drawn to numbers at a young age. So I asked him, would he like to learn how to use the abacus? And this was at four years old. He said, yes. So we found someone who would teach him abacus maths. But he, he went in wanting to learn the abacus. He's curious about the abacus. I don't know how to use an abacus, especially like one of these Japanese or Chinese abacuses that these children use. So we found someone who would take that approach with him. And she comes, and it's quite self-directed. There's a workbook, and there's an abacus, and she's, they work through the workbook. So it's by choice that he's learning these things, and he's loving it. So he's got an affinity towards it now. So you do have to trigger your child to be interested. Well, I followed his lead. There was no trigger. If he had never shown the affinity for numbers at such a young age, I would never have said, come, let's go do abacus maths. But he was asking me a lot of, what's this plus this and this plus this? And so but I what would him, you do if your child is now eight years old and still hasn't asked you how much is one plus one? You know what? It's also accepting everybody's skills and abilities in the world. Maths is very important to have maths, the ability to work out a bill, to pay, to know what you're paying and things like that. But if a person's passion is not necessarily in pursuing a career in trigonometry or, or I don't know, astrophysics, they may not need that level of maths. But I think every child will want to know, and this is where self-directed education says that pocket money is very useful because every child will want to know how much money they've got in their pocket money and what they can buy and how much they can save and how much is left. So people often use that as one of the tools. So you get your pocket money, you go to the shops, what can you buy with it and how much change do you get? So basically what you're saying is that when it comes to functional math or functional English or reading and writing, anything that's functional, a child will want to explore. In my humble opinion, that is my experience. And there, there's evidence and research to support it if people want to go find that. Okay. So let's take an ad break. And when we come back, we will discuss that a bit further to see um, what are the areas of self-explore that we would leave for the children naturally, and then what are the areas that we actually have to address if we do? Um, beforehand, we will take a short ad break, and I'd love to hear the listeners what you think about this. What What are your thoughts about allowing your child to explore and learn and, and learn how to function? Just like when he's a baby or she's a baby, they learn how to eat and drink and walk and talk uh, to allow them to explore even further and manage their functional needs of reading, writing, um, obviously being taught, but by their request. Let's 
continue that in a moment. Uh, but in the meantime, please send in your thoughts. 34519 is the SMS line. 061-895-1019 is Telegram. Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. 101.9 Chai FM Chai by G. We are back in the middle of a very interesting discussion with Carla Tanzer, who is the founder and presenter of the Free to Be Curious podcast and um, a self-directed um, learning schooling mom on her own. And we are discussing the uh, concept of self-directed schooling, allowing a child to be curious about the world and um, wish to get the skills that are relevant so we can guide them and support their learning and help them academically. Any comments, any thoughts you have about that or you'd like to share a question to Carla or to me, 34519 is the SMS line or send us a telegram, 061-895-1019. So right before the break, we were speaking about math and we spoke in the break and you said there's something you would like to clarify. What I'd like to clarify is um, the the turning point for me and why I'm not insecure at all all about maths is that the the research and the evidence shows that the precursor to maths and critical thinking logic is play so play is found to be the precursor play rhythm movement climbing swinging running all those things and music are the precursor in the brain to set up for maths so i feel confident that i meet those beautiful things with my family and therefore, I have no insecurity about maths at all. Not everyone is going to be a maths genius, and that's okay. But everyone who has played with freedom, I don't see how they wouldn't pick up the skills of having maths in the world. They Perhaps they wouldn't because the amount of information that we need through all the schooling and the research and the years is huge. And... It's something that's been achieved throughout many, many years of academic world. Isn't it a bit of a risk to assume that a child will be able to get the understanding that there is that knowledge out there? So I feel that is one of my the, my lesser worries because I understand the value of play. And children play in the beginning with things that are simple. And the only thing that changes as they grow up is they, this is what Jana said on my podcast, their play becomes more complex. So they start playing with something like the numbers of physics. They start playing with the numbers to do with complicated trigonometry if they if they want to. Is there a time that a mom will say, okay, I've been doing this for a few years, but it's actually not working for my child. I need to rethink this. So I think if people are invested, I haven't come across, I'd, I haven't personally come across anyone. You know, the people in my community um, are invested and love it. But if they've, obviously it's so intuitive to your own child that you're always concerned and not in a worryful way, but in, an att- in observing them, what their needs are. So if you find that they've reached a point of boredom and it's because of lack of stimulation, I'm not talking about creative boredom when you're going through a developmental leap in your mind. You're going, if you've, you've reached a place of boredom, it's, it's really up to parents to have a discussion with their child and say, what is it that you need? What would you like to do? What would you like to do in future? Think about that. And let's work backwards to get to the point that you're prepared for what you want to do. Okay, so we can get that. Uh, interesting question coming in, but I'm going to ask it a bit to you a bit later in the show. Um, I'm wondering, however, 
when we look at this concept of self-directed learning and schooling, etc., and we put aside for a moment the extreme of somebody says, I'm going to go for this full-time, and somebody says, I'm going to school full-time, let's start talking about the middle of a, a parent who will say, no, I do want my child in school. I'm worried about social life, which is something I think we need to discuss, and I'm worried about my child going out and, and fitting in society, etc. What are the methods that you're using that will be relevant for a child that's in the system? So funnily enough, there are some members in the community whose children want to go to school or the parents choose to send them to school or they have no choice. In that case, they parent in a self-directed way with their children. They take on a role of curiosity and inquiry and they take an interest in what Let's their children are doing. Let's talk about that for a moment. Sure. Give me an example of, of parenting that would be differently by parenting in a self-directed way. So I, I, th- I think both of them, it's it functions. The parenting is a whole philosophy that I think is called conscious parenting or respectful parenting, which is to listen and observe to your children what they're saying and follow their, their lead. So say they have to go to school during the day. What do they want to do in the afternoons? What is their passion and desire? Is it birds? Then let's go. Let's go look at the birds in the garden. Let's go download the bird app. Let's go find, uh, make up a book of birds. I'm just giving an example. This is following a child's passions and desires. So you know, hold that thought for a moment. I'm going to read one of the questions that comes came in, and love to see what you would say to this mom. So the question is like this: What do I do if I'm a working mother and can't spare this time, or I don't have enough patience? But I believe in the method. Is there a solution? So I think the first amazing step is, you know what, you've got some belief in the method. If you just have that, the solutions are endless. There are centers that run for children to go to without their parents. They are self-directed learning centers. There are centers that combine both a homeschooling and self-directed learning approach. You can also, you know, send your kid to school, but talk to them about school. Talk to them. Is this what you like learning? Um, how's, How's that topic for you? So what are the centers that they are? But, you know, it's very interesting. I mean, I think the whoever, I'm not sure who it is who sent the message, but uh, she's obviously a very brave mom. Not a lot of moms will uh, write openly, I'm not sure I have enough patience. But um, but at the same time, I guess maybe perhaps that's something to work on. But considering you don't have enough time because you go to work, what can you do? Right. So I would find a community. And uh, you find these communities if you join online groups like a Facebook group or, or the Circle, which is the um, Yana Clements group, you'll, you find your community in your local area. And then you collaborate with them. So, for example, um, Rabbi G, you've got the space. That's one of the centers people's children could go to if they want this approach. Um, although your so space combines. So we don't combines. do that you don't per do se, but we, we do provide a space for every child in the world and every adult to do what they believe in. So if that child comes to you prepared to take on the self-directing learning path, they've got a place there. There's also um, Riverstone in North Riding. Um, in the Crags, which is like the Western Cape, there's the Reimagined Learning Center. Um, there's a few on the West Rand. So what people can do is join an unschooling Facebook group and ask, say, I'm in this area. I'd love a place for my kids. I work, but I, I can I can sort of accommodate some things and see who you find. I mean, I can I can also network with people because I know a lot of people who are doing this. So what we do in, at the space sometimes would be for kids who do go to school to have an unschooling method for the afternoon, for after school hours. Are there options like that? For after school hours, you know, that's a that they could go to one of these centers after school. I don't see why not. I mean, you also don't want to 
overstretch your kid. School is a it's a long day and it's a lot. So you have to talk to the child and let them go see the places and see which place makes them feel like good and excited. But I think the space in the afternoons for that purpose is excellent. And there probably are others in other areas that people can find. As for the patients, you know what, that's the self-work as a parent. I also get impatient. I also get, I have to work on myself in that way. Okay, so that that is a natural thing to to address. But I I think what the mom is saying is a very good good point that we do have a very, very busy life today. Yeah, so it's a choice. You know what I say? This isn't for everyone. But lucky we live in a world where we have so many choices. And if you put your lens on, your learning lens and your lens of choice, I'm sure you'll find your community. And once you find your community, you're pretty much set. Okay. It's uh, As we go on, I'd love if any more of the listeners could comment if some of these methods have appealed to you in the past, but you just couldn't because it's not practical or something that you believe should be implemented more within the school system or additional to the school system or what can we do during holidays and options like that 34519 is sms line or telegram 0618951019 so let's chat a bit about holidays because we're, we're in holidays right now and kids are not going not going to school and i know parents some of us are working some not but nevertheless we have to have a solution for the kids what are the options of self-directed learning? Or I'm sure it's endless. So maybe touch on a few practical ideas of things we can engage with our kids at home or even older than kids, adults, or what are the methods we would use to trigger their curiosity? Right. Okay, so thank you. That's such an amazing question. I think the first overarching principle is to become a dedicated observer and not a director. So you're putting on your observation lens with your children and you're going to follow their lead in the holidays if you want to do this approach of what they're interested in. But you're going to make the environment for them really rich. So I think of it in sort of categories. Um, There is the change of pace. Kids can be curious when their minds are free. So they've just finished school. They're going to need a, a, a period of just relaxing. So I would say give them that space to relax. And say, while you're relaxing, let's think of what you would absolutely love to do and try and make it happen. So there's the change of pace aspect. But I need to challenge that because kids today don't relax. Don't relax. They finish school and they're on their device. Well, there's a difference between relaxing downtime and resting your mind than being on your device perpetually. There's a boundary there. And as a parent, it's your job to put the boundary in place. So, you know, everyone has to know their own child. Um, if they if they say go relax and, and they won't come out of their room for two weeks, maybe that's not the right approach for your own kid. How much is technology an actual challenge to these methods? Uh, there's so many schools of thought. Some people say in order for the kids to learn how to live in a world of bombardment of information and technology, they actually need to be given free reign. That's one school of thought. I'm not saying I agree with it. Free reign on the technology and the devices to learn where their regulation point is. That's one school of thought. The other school of thought says no screens until four, and others say no screens until 11. Each parent has to navigate that very difficult and awkward space based on their own values. And that's where you have to explore as a parent, what are our family values? And if you don't like the value of too much screen time, it's a family decision to change it. The screens are, they, there's this movement called a thousand hours outdoors, which is they actually started it to ca- try and kind of match the amount of screen time with outdoors time. So you could make this holiday matchy matchy for every 
try and get the outdoor time. And also the outdoors is so much more interesting and real that it's 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 it makes for good fun for children. A hundred percent. And are there recommendations for outdoors here? Because in South yes. Africa, that is a real challenge for oh, us. Oh, Rabbi G, when you asked me this question last night, I wrote a list of 33 places you could literally go tomorrow. So <laughs> okay, I won't take you through 33. But give I, us the concept. I could type them up for you. It's climbing, outdoors, freedom of movement, open-ended you know, play. So, so you know what? I will offer the listeners, if anybody wants the list of 33 places you can go, send us an SMS to 34519 as SMS line or 0618951019. And um, I'll, um, Carla will message you. Let me give you just information. a high level, if you don't mind, about the list. So there's okay. the lists where you go play outdoors and be outdoors. Then there's things like going to look at art. Go to the Joburg Art Gallery, Become a crit- look at a painting critically. Let your child, even if they're three, look at a piece of art and tell you what they think about it and then just embrace whatever they say because that's their opinion of art. Then there's things like going to the theatre and then there's things like outreach. You could go to a community vegetable garden. You can help another community. You can go uh, volunteer at a charity shop. So those adventures outside of the home are put into those categories. Okay. So it's basically anything that's not just being trapped in your living room. Yes, but if you are trapped in your living room, it happens. You don't, can't go out that day. Mom or dad is busy or tired or the weather doesn't allow for it. I also have a lot of suggestions for what you can do in the home. And I've categorized those as family connection time and then self-directed Let's play time. Let's touch on it for a moment. Absolutely. Okay, so family connection time. I have a few tools in my toolkit as a as okay. an unschooling mom. So one of the things we have is a values jar. And in it are all questions that you talk about with your kids that are thought-provoking. Some questions are very straightforward, like, what's your favorite food? Others are, what's your biggest fear? So within one stack of cards, there's 222 cards, there are multiple questions you can engage with your children. Now, this is their time to share with you who they are. Because normally we're running and we're racing, and I even find I interrupt my own kids, even though I know that I'm not supposed to do that. When I ask them that question, it's their time to share with me, and I, I put my attention my attentive listening on them. So that's the values Can you pull out three questions? Absolutely. And this one's for you, Rabbi G. You and your family to keep. So, for example, oh, and they're pretty. So we made the jar very pretty. My friend, um, and she's, in, she's a transformational parenting guru. She's in the UK now. She designed and developed this. So it says, what is the bravest thing you've ever done? Now, for a child to be heard about their <laughs> so bravest I'm thing. I'm scared to ask my teenager that, but okay. You know what? Ask him. <laughs> no, nah, I'm joking. Because then he knows that you're open to hearing. Um, if you had to give a speech to the whole world, what would you talk about? Okay. And then um, what would you like to have too much of? Now, a little kid might say sweets. Another person might say money. And then that can be a springboard for bonding and connection. Because we're not going to jump at them and say, oh, no, you can't have too many sweets. It's a question to get to know your own kid. This is a good starting point to know where their desires are. That's beautiful. And and why would the child say that's too much? And Why? Why is it too much? Why do you want something that's too much of? Maybe you don't get enough of it. Let's change that. Beautiful. So so basically that interactive concept within the home and what we can do would be amazing. Okay. Now you're stuck in your living room. There is no, nothing comparable to reading to your children. I read to my kids for hours a day. Not every day, but some days it can be hours. On a rainy day, we might read 30 books. I don't choose them. I say, guys, go. They love the choice. I give my kids choice where I can give them choice. As children, 
they don't have so many choices. They're told to go put on clothes when it's cold and they're kind of told that this is the supper you're gonna eat. So when I can give them choices, I do. I'll say, you go choose the books, any books you want and come read them to me. I do make sure that our bookshelf is stocked with um, thought-provoking, interesting and rich books. But you know what? My son found an old copy of Hansel and Gretel that we got at hospice once. And it was my worst book ever. I, I did read it 50 times. So he's got the rich stuff. Um, there's Ashley Jay's a, a educational psychologist, and she's published a series series about emotions. So they they often reach for those books, and then we talk about the books. And in the book, we'll say, "What does this person's face tell us?" And we use it as a springboard for conversation. But there's nothing comparable to reading to your kids. Now, you don't have to blow the budget. Book swap with friends. Use the library. There's also the Chabad library, which has got kids' books. And there's PJ library. So basically what you're saying is that if you just stop and think for a moment, the resources are unlimited. You don't have to go far. They're at your fingertips. And then we also use these journals, these fun schooling journals at home on a rainy day. So I've got like the poetry one here. It's aged four up. And then I've also got like mind games. So if it's a rainy day... I'll put the material out, but I won't force. I won't say, now you're going to do your journal. I'll say, guys, the journals are there. The baking is here. I can read or you can go play. What do you want to do? Okay. And, you know, we we are going to have to get to another ad break. But after the ad break, I think we need to also touch on if somebody would go with this program, how would it work on a social life? And social and, on a f- and you know, on a physical life because there's, there's just a certain amount of energy that a child needs to release a day. And if they're home all day, not going to happen. And our parks are, unfortunately, not an easy place to go at all times. And, yeah, we just need to see how, an, in a realistic way, we can approach this. And we'll talk about how it is as well. High FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. 101.9 FM by G. We are back and we're going through the hour actually getting quite uh, far in it. And I feel like we just started uh, and, and an amazing discussion here with Carla Tanzer that um, about homeschooling and about, you know, self-directed learning, etc. Everything over there. Carla is the founder of Free to Be Curious podcast and is a mother that does directed learning, uh, directed self-learning and schooling. So a very important question I'd like to ask, considering that we spoke quite a bit about how triggering the child, how having the open mind, uh, allowing the child to explore and experience is what triggers his academics. In this process, are we not taking away their opportunity to explore and experience social life? So, I mean, I have to be honest, I feel like I'm almost overcommitted in my social life. I have no shortage of social opportunities. I've locked for your in kids? for my kids and myself. So there are many networks in Joburg, particularly, depending on your area where stuff is happening all the time. There's a homeschool adventures group, which does adventures basically once a week. There's also the wild and free movement who also meets up once a week. So you do not have to be stuck at home all day. Your kids can go to a self-directed learning center they don't have to be stuck at home all day but i want to say something about stuck at being stuck at home all day because it does happen I'm, I'm being realistic here we i feel like i've always respected my son's innate ability to learn and i've tried to build both of our muscles for creativity so that if we stuck at home i can see my kids get into a flow and get busy with the stuff they are interested in so i don't have to panic if we stuck at home all day because he he needs to go and play with his Lego and get involved in a flow. So we don't want to be stuck at home all day, and we're not. But if a day comes like that, I, I do fall on that muscle of creativity to go and now go do something and learn as much as you can in the time that you have. But that's great because you're taking that opportunity. But let's talk about the skills. 
So the skills of social interaction, right. as it is, we live in a world that we are very challenged socially because we're so isolated on our devices and so isolated from real communication. And in the past, when you would go outside and meet friends, now you first... It used to be that you first call them. Then you first SMS and ask when you can call. Now you WhatsApp, can I call you or whatever? So we're already in that lack of communication and, and social communication. Are we not risking it even more by taking the kids away from kids their you, age? You're not taking them away from kids their age in any way. In when school. You just, but they're kids their age in other places, not only school. You don't only find kids in a cupboard at school. You find kids everywhere. And the interesting thing is, so my, my son does go to a self-directed learning center with a few other kids. And every day, the facilitator tells me about the conflict resolution that happened that day. And she'll write a story. So there was a toy. Everyone wanted it. First, there was shouting. Then they said, let's speak about it. Then they came up with a solution. And every day, she'll give me this feedback of the conflict resolution. She'll also give me feedback of where there were moments where the children had to work out a solution to a game. So the problem, the skills of conflict resolution are interrupted if they aren't given the chance to do it themselves. And here in self-directed learning centers, kids are, are not only allowed to, they're encouraged to figure out the conflict resolution themselves within limits. It can't be punching someone is conflict resolution. But talking through mm -hmm. the steps of conflict resolution, so on a social side, it doesn't mean just because you're self-directed educating that your kids won't have a social life or be with other kids. They will be with other kids so much. So that's where it becomes very confusing because many times we think of homeschooling as kids sitting at home. So listen, there's a difference between, I mean, we can clarify to be exact, there's a difference between homeschooling um, and, and self-directed education. Homeschooling is, is, by definition, your parent teaches you at home. Self-directed education is much more open. But, you know, homeschoolers, they do make an effort to have social times with other families and children. It's not locking up in a box at okay. home. And how do you manage with the physical challenge? I mean, the, there's a limit of how much energy you could right. take so out when there's no break in soccer and whatever. Okay, so now I read somewhere that five-year-old boys literally don't stop moving. And then I looked at my son and I thought, gosh, it's really true. They don't stop moving for a minute. So I give my son ample opportunity to play. Play is a value in our home. Playing outdoors, running around, is a, it's a value. So... I want, I'll seek out opportunities for him to play without any structure and without having someone direct him. At the same time, he, he wants to do extramurals. He does tumbling tigers. He does some extramurals that he wants to do. Um, physically, it's not about the parent edutaining and entertaining the kids. A parent could never manage that. I would be so exhausted. I try to set up the environment for my kids to keep themselves busy with play and running around and having freedom of movement. They are barefoot most of the time in comfortable clothes, climbing trees whenever they want to, and they're with other kids who are also climbing trees and running around and doing that sort of thing. They're not with other kids who kind of don't see that view on life. I'm very curious to hear your take about this, and I know this is not directly what we're talking about. I think it's important to raise this question. I've heard from many parents in, in your community and other communities of self-directed schooling, of homeschooling, of private tutor, academic world, whatever it is. Many times I hear from them, they feel not understood by the wider community and questioned and almost isolated in a way from the, you, you know, the standard of going to school. Where do you, where do you think that comes from? So I think it comes from our own, as humans, our own insecurity, and that's just something to work on on yourself. I, I'm so lucky. I'm surrounded by communities and individuals who are following this approach. 
Um, so I used to sometimes feel a bit lonely in the school of thought, but then I didn't really feel lonely because there was so much on the internet about it. But now I've got concrete families and centers and people doing it. I think it's very normal to feel insecure when you're doing something that's quite opposite to normal. Um, but, you know, you can work on that insecurity and find the peace in yourself to be doing something a little bit different. And also just watch the children in this rewarding experience, thriving and developing this intrinsic self-worth. That's what keeps me go going. When I look at my children and their beautiful sense of self, they both have a very strong sense of self. And I see it in other self-directed kids. And every day I get to have the pleasure and joy of seeing a lot of children on this path. So that's what's helped me with my insecurity. I'm not saying I don't ever get insecure. Of course I do. Then I reach out to my community of people and I talk to them. Do you think that in the largest scale of the community we're missing the point? I'm not sure. You know, it's not for everyone, this path. That's why I like to say we're so lucky in the world we have choice. Um, it depends on what a person wants to learn. It goes back to self-directed learning. If a person wants to learn about self-directed education, They'll, they'll hear this and they might go research more. And if they don't, that's also okay. And then they'll find something else that works for them as a family. So when we start addressing this, you know, the, the challenges of um, that we are seeing within the system and within the schooling and within the things, are there any areas that you see that, you know, we have to handle in a quite similar way to the school system or there's nothing that you would say you're similar to the regular school system? So I wish I could answer that question, but I'm not in the regular school system. You were. <laughs> I mean, as a, as, a, as a young, yes, as a young child I was, um, I think it was a different time. The world has changed so dramatically in the last few years with the, you know, with the technology and stuff. And the pressure on kids, my, my pressure on school was largely self-driven. I didn't feel so much of an extrinsic pressure, um, but I, I want... Um, just I had to, I, I want more. I mean, who doesn't want more out of this great life? More ability to be self-directed. And and achieve the potential much more. We do need to take our last ad break, and we, the show is almost almost coming to an end. So an announcement, but right beforehand, if there's anything you'd like to share or ask or comment on the show, please send the SMS 34519 or Telegram 061-895-1019. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. 101.9 We are really, really at the end of the show. And I do want to take just a minute or two to hear about um, what you're offering to the community and your personal blog and your podcast, uh, Free to Be Curious. Tell us about it. So I think it's absolutely relevant that my podcast that's coming out shortly, either at the end of the week or the beginning of next week, is one with the expert, the leading expert in South Africa on self-directed education. Her name is Yana Clements. And what she does in the podcast is she unpacks this whole idea level by level on how the brain works and how, it, how she sees it working in children. So it's a lot more detailed than what I was able to tell you. So there's value in, in people listening to that podcast. They can find it on Spotify or on my blog, freetobecurious.com. And then, you know what, people can reach out to Yana if they want to for coaching um, if they want to find out more because that's what the work that she does my work is is being curious and free to to talk to meaningful people and and, and to be open-minded to this concept so your blog is on free to be curious.com correct and my podcast you can find on on uh, spotify and google and pretty much all the podcast apps except apple because i haven't been verified yet
Okay, you'll get there. Okay, so fascinating. I'm sure many of us, uh, while we are on holidays, can use this time. I think the concepts of, you know, balancing between screen time and free time and allowing ourselves to explore and to find the options. I see somebody did ask for the list, so we'll uh, make sure they will get your list. Yells, okay, and we'll take care of that so they get it. And really the ability to take the time and listen. If I take one message from what you're discussing about, you're saying, let's listen to our kids. Listen to our kids and embrace what they want to know and allow them to have access to the information that they feel they need. That's pretty good. I like that. Agreed. Okay. So another great show has come to an end. And in thank you, Craig, for all the amazing work. Thank you, Carla Tanzer, for being here. And we will be back next Monday, 2 to 3, as we do every week. In the meantime, stay safe, enjoy your holiday, explore, grow. This is your time with your kids. We're busy all year round. Now is our time. As we say, it's a holiday for the kids. It's not a holiday for the parents. And we can use this time to grow, achieve, and connect. In the meantime, till next week, keep safe, keep well, and we will chat. We'll be here on the show with another great guest. Oh, and by the way, if you want to know who's here on the guest on the show before, we actually get to the radio, so you can prepare and listen. 34519 is SMS line, 0618951019. Send us a message, and I will send you a link to the WhatsApp group. Thanks, and have a great week.